Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hi everybody, I'm Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching and I have Amy here for an interview to um, talk about her experience in the bootcamp course that I offer. So before I get started, I just wanna pull up so that I can see all the um, hashtag replay. Um, so Amy and I are a minute late because we were just talking about how well things are going for your family. But I want to, before we get to that, I want to talk about what you were struggling with first before we met, um, and what the challenges were that you were having with your child. So go ahead and, and share about that. So my kiddo is uh, a complex kid, and we would regularly experience, I just the house was always full of tension. He is nine, and he has a younger sister who's six. And so, you know, the household really, really ran around, at least from my perspective, what event we could do now that's not going to upset him, or can we make a run to the grocery store? What's he, what's, how's he going to respond Or what do I have to have stocked in the fridge so that we don't have a meltdown? Or just, you know, staying ahead of the game unsuccessfully Mm -hmm. to try to have him not be upset. And so, you know, I felt like my daughter was getting pushed aside. My husband was getting frustrated. You know, we would correct him or, or things would happen. And just a lot of meltdowns constantly that were getting worse and worse and worse. And it was really clear to me that it wasn't he wasn't having meltdowns because he could help it. You know, as a nine year old, you think that they can, they can sort of control themselves better than that. And it's not the case because the meltdowns were coming from, I love, I love your phrase. You know, it's not, they're not giving me a hard time They're The kids, the kids are having a hard time. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, he was having a hard time in a lot of areas and we were trying to navigate it as best we could, but we didn't know, we were our, we were just at the end of our skill set. So um, things were tense and a lot of anxiety from a lot of people when we when we were just trying to preemptively diffuse situations that weren't even there yet. Always trying to be one step ahead, but continuously feeling like you're one step behind. Mm-hmm. Um, or six steps behind (laughs) or reactive in that respect. So what did that look like on a day-to-day basis? How many meltdowns was your son having and um, how was your relationship like with your husband and and parenting him? I think, you know, I think I was pretty good at actually avoiding some of the meltdowns, (laughs) but that had a cost and Mm -hmm. the cost was ignoring my daughter or getting between my husband and my son and then causing problems between myself and my husband. Yeah. So um, it might look like coddling my son throughout breakfast 
and what are you eating or how are you eating it and helping him get dressed mm-hmm. and arguments mm-hmm. over whether he should be dressed before he's eating or are meds in his system first or how should the routine go and um, just like hyper helicoptering over every single thing to avoid other problems. And then right. school generally went for the most part. Okay. And then, you know, there'd be little things here and there, but then you get home and it's like, he would just crash. And if you bothered him or heaven forbid, ask him to do a chore, you're going to have a meltdown or an explosion or a no, 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 I'm tired. Just like, just he's, he's drained and he's exhausted, which I get, but it also was like, over the top. Yeah. And so it's like, you can't ask the kid to do anything because he's got homework tonight. So how can we possibly ask him to do a normal chore? <laughs> and we never want men for it to get that out of balance, but you're just yeah. like micro shifting everything constantly. And then holy, holy crap, the balance is way off. Yeah. So. And then you have this realization that right. like, oh my God, my kid's nine. He needs to relearn responsibility, but I can't, you know, we're just working on homework at this point. And, um, when that happens that the there's that that sense of of not knowing where to go like do I go heavy on chores at this point do I just try and work on homework I mean feeling like you're swimming around trying to figure it out yeah if we yell louder are we gonna get it done no (laughs) no so what else what else can you do you beg them do you bribe them I yeah I don't remember what week the training that was but you're like (laughs) these are all the things that are ineffective. And I was like, bam, 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 bam. And I was just listening to it, laughing out loud going, Oh, I do that. I do that. I do that. I do that. Okay. So, you know, that week was such a watershed because it was like, okay. And then you also gave me tools on what to do instead. And that was what I desperately, desperately, you know, needed because I didn't have that language or those scripts. And that made a big difference. So what did you try before we got, um, before you, you were decided to work with me? Were you skeptical? And then the second point was like, once you heard, heard of me, what, um, what were the thoughts before you, before you signed up for a call? Honestly, I was just desperately hoping you would take us. Um, (laughs) I, I had followed your Facebook group already. And so I had seen, I'd read a little bit about the highly sensitive, uh, personality type. And I felt like Ethan was a part of that. And, um, ultimately when I got, when I got looking deeper and researching, I just felt like, okay, um, this, this person, this group is right. This is, I'm paying attention, but then, you know, life happens and I just, it became part of the normal Facebook feed. And then we had a terrible weekend and, um, my son was starting to just really, really spiral and he was starting to have self-esteem issues and, and talking about really, really difficult things that a nine-year-old shouldn't be dealing with mm-hmm. and hitting himself in the head and doing some just behaviors that are really, really um, scary. And we had already started um, procedures with seeing a therapist um, for him, but I felt like my skills were not... Um, I like I was just maxed out at what my capability as a parent could do for him. And I knew it wasn't working. So could we try something different mm-hmm. this weekend? This horrible weekend happened. You, the, the boot camp popped up in my feed and I was like, wait, this is it. This <laughs> is a sign uh, yeah. that maybe, maybe. And so I read into that a little bit more and I was like, okay, I hope she takes me. I think this could be amazing. And what, what do we have to, at this point? What do we have to lose really was where I was at because mm-hmm. Um, it was just starting to get really scary and I, I knew something needed to change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sounds like you, what helped you take that leap was 
a feeling like this is something that you really needed to fix now so that it didn't get worse, but then also recognizing that's, you know, my favorite type of parent to work with is, is somebody who's able to recognize this is not a, my kid thing. This is a me thing too. And yes, my, my child might need help and, you know, maybe needs therapy too, but I, my skills are lacking and not effective at, at reaching this, this goal. And, and I need to do something in particular about changing that. So that was, you know, when you say like, you know, I had my fingers crossed that you would take us, that's the vibe that I got from our conversation that, that, that this was a a great fit in that respect. So it's funny because, um, when I think about back to that time, it really was, my intuition was right about Ethan needing support, but I just wasn't able to do it in the right way yet. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that we learn, you know, we go over in the first two weeks of the boot camp is how, what you're doing to make it worse, how to recognize how mm-hmm. to get out ahead of it, right? And then we go into skills of how to improve your relationship and then um, how to specifically address behaviors. And that's like towards the end of the boot camp. And, um, you know, one of the things I talk to parents about is like weeks five and six of the eight week boot camp is what you think you're signing up for. <laughs> but all of the, yeah. you know, the compounding lessons one through four, weeks one through four, have to happen first before you get those particularities of like what to do differently when the meltdown's happening or how to prevent the meltdown in, in the first place. So, um, what was that like for you walking through the boot camp and noticing? you know, what it was like for the week one, week two, that, that something was on their horizon, um, that you were building skills and, and, um, what was that like? What was that experience being in it? So one of the things that was really interesting is that I already had some mindfulness practices built into my own experience, but I wasn't applying them to the family mm-hmm. and I wasn't necessarily making time for them. Mm-hmm. And so that really, um, the way those first couple of weeks really helped reset and structure was just really taking things down to a baseline and giving time and things were busy. So it was not, I mean, you know, it was fitting <laughs> things in and that's, that was another good part about the boot camp, though. You didn't have time to not do it. You had yeah. to just jump in where you were because you couldn't put it off because your workbook was due. And I know I got things like right under the nick of time, some of the time. But if the boot camp hadn't been going along and, and pushing, I think I would could have put this off all summer yeah. or we could be now and I still wouldn't have implemented weeks two properly. <laughs> so um, seriously, you know, because stuff just always is happening. So. Yeah, it, it was a great way to just start slow and reframe the thinking and, and build the knowledge and and by thinking about my own intuition and feelings, it helps me empathize differently, but it also just, um, helped make time for that space. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like a lot of the time our, our conversations were recognizing how much you had on your plate and how you were able to identify that this investment was going to take off so many, so many things off that plate while recognizing in order to take that leap, you had to deal with your work schedule, your ceiling caved in, like all these crazy things happening. Um, so I want to kind of think about that stress because I think that that really sets parents up for not making that change. Like, oh, I got too much. I can deal with it later. Like, well, let's see how this goes. And I want to see if you could speak to that a little bit about what 
what it was like with life happening, going through the boot camp and, and, um, what actually, what actually, what you actually endured and the fact that you were able to do it too. And, and see if, cause I, I think your experience could be really inspiring for parents. Yeah. So it's, um, it was one of those things where life is always going to get in the way no matter what, and things are always going to happen. So practicing the boot camp experience alongside of that just helped me implement these things during those moments of stress. Yeah. So yeah, the ceilings came in and we're not paying, you know, we're not, we're not freaking out about it yeah. or, um, you know, a situation comes up and we can deal with it differently. And, and actually, you know, it did in a, in the best possible way, help me, pay attention to, um, I'm, I'm maybe going to butcher the phrase, but you were talking about how you really pay attention to the children and how we spend so much time multitasking and mm-hmm. how, you know, they need undivided attention. And, and that's like, like turning your body towards them and your feet and your knees and, and, and listening and hearing because, um, you know, I'll say we collectively, but I think parents, but me, especially in, in our house, we're so busy because we're overscheduled. Yeah. And we somehow think we're going to get a million things done that, you know, my daughter's telling me something. I'm ignoring her. My son's telling me something. My husband's telling me something. I'm just trying to do the dishes or maybe I'm not doing the dishes anymore because I'm late on the work deadline and we have kittens and we have to take dogs to the vet and just like (laughs) stuff is constantly happening because it was, I was at the vets like, I think 10 times in three weeks. Your dog ran away. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, just nonsense barrage of stuff. And um, the point was implementing this in that cycle meant that we were practicing it in the light and the fire. There's no, yeah. and I, I always just feel like, okay, if I could just pause the world, if I could pause my life, get these other things done and then restart it, I would be set, but we can't do that. So instead you can pause all those other things in the midst of it. And so, yeah. um, it, it just, it, there's never going to be a good time to jump in. No. For me, it was a little bit nicer because I'm a professor and it was the end of the semester. Yeah. But we had all sorts of different routines to deal with. And the kids were going to different camps, which is really anxiety inducing for my son. And so we and that was another thing. I wanted mm-hmm. to get this in in the summer to practice these skills and have things prepped for the next school year. Right. But if you're starting now in the middle of the school year, I think it's fine to just jump in. Yeah. But there's never a perfect time. I could no. have waited until after our vacation. But thank goodness they didn't because they had all these skills that made us um, make it made it possible for our family to have an amazing trip. And the vacation two years prior was terrible. No, yeah. it's very similar conditions in terms of what we did and who we were with. It was so bad. We didn't go anywhere last year. We didn't want to deal with that. And this year wow. we tried it again. And it was one amazing. We can't wait to go next year. We're going to Hawaii next summer. So we are now brave enough. Yeah, we're not brave enough to haul the kids on planes cross country for two weeks because we think we can get through it. That's amazing. Not that it'll be perfect. Yeah. But it'll be possible. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And recognizing that. And oh my gosh, I didn't know that. So that's awesome. <laughs> Congratulations for going to Hawaii. That should be so fun. I can't wait yeah. to hear how it, how it goes. Um, you know, wow, I need to like sink that in a little bit because probably going to do a trial flight and things to practice with Ethan. (laughs) I know I said it wasn't a big game, but I forgot, Um, you know, to help him do that. But, you know, it's, it's just giving him ways and tools and understanding to be really prepared, not just to suck it up. You'll get through the 10 hour flight or whatever it is. 
you know, and to, to come to from it. I think I've always had a lot of empathy, but to come from it from a different way and just really build tools or have, you know, when we get in the airport, okay, this is what you're going to have to do. Where's the safe space for you to chill out if you get upset or whatever, just yeah. a lot of, a lot of what we learned you can do anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and not feeling like you have to restructure your whole household. And I think that's one of the big things that I hear a lot from parents is especially when you read a book, like there's so much information and there's no ability to, to spitball or manage that transformation mm-hmm. that you need. And that transformation comes with direct support. Like, reading a book and then putting it into place is, is not going to get you the results that you are looking for. And and I think that's one thing that I hear from, from you, Amy, is that you've, you've tried a, a bunch of things before you found what works. And, um, Oh yeah. I the whole bookshelf full of stuff that hasn't worked <laughs> that I haven't finished reading or right, yeah. that too. I mean, even getting to finish it, thinking about life getting in the way of sitting down to read a book. I mean, um, yeah, so I, but that's, that's a soapbox I can go on all day. So I'll, I'll keep my, my mouth quiet for that. I'll, I'll probably go live about that another time. But, um, I wanted to talk about, you know, you mentioned one of your short-term wins week eight, you went on, well, you did the, um, 4th of July, like two parties back to back. And I know before we got on this um, on this this interview to, today, you were like, I don't even remember what made me call you, but I do. Um, <laughs> I do. You left a party early. Um, you it was a disaster. Um, I remember that. Yes. Just that. Mm-hmm. Just because it, you know, I was on that call and I was like, oh, I have to help you. <laughs> like I have to be, you know, be available to, to change that because there's, that's no way to live. That's no way for a family to live. So, um, yeah, that, that part, you know, I definitely remember that. And then hearing that at the end that you went to what, two, three parties in the same day and that it all went well. And when there were hiccups, you were able to manage it. It wasn't like a big, you know, to do. Um, just the fact that you felt confident going to multiple is like huge, but I can tell you something big about the 4th of July party or one of them. Yeah. You know, Ethan was nervous about going for a couple of different reasons to one of the parties that he'd been at the year before and loved, but he's having some social anxiety with kids cause he's a little awkward and he's blunt and just, you know, he doesn't always, you know, kids, whatever. But the point is, um, his cousin was also in town and I didn't want to take his cousin because I thought it was going to be too much to manage. Yeah. And we listened to him and I realized that he needed his cousin there as a buddy to be, you know, his, his person. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting emotional cause it's so cool. Um, and I've cried on like every call. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, we listened to him and he had a great time. And the whole point is, you know, parenting from a perspective where you're actually listening to them and hearing them and taking into account, it doesn't mean that you say yes every time, but that you're really considering why they're saying it and what the need might be. It's so different. Yeah. Um, and he was able to tell us this because he wasn't in this defense mode where he couldn't articulate what was going on. So he, he was being validated and heard and we could, we could answer in a way that it didn't, 
it, it made the evening great because we did do this. Yeah. And had we ignored him and not validated his feelings, you know, I'm not saying we had to bring his cousin, but had we not validated that his feelings were legitimate, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the evening would have turned out very differently. And mm-hmm. then subsequently the next, the next two days worth of parties. Yeah. So he was heard. And in that case, he, he, we, we found an intervention that worked easily by bringing his cousin along and that solved that the anxiety about that one night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, listening to the kiddos is really important and understanding and getting that my little guy wouldn't talk about things. So getting him to talk and be more comfortable expressing himself has made a big difference too. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that because we've been speaking a lot about the, the shifts that you've made, the changes that you've made in your relationship with your child and parenting him differently. But I want to talk about what you've noticed for your son and what you've noticed for your husband's relationship with your son. Can you speak a little bit to that. Um, so my little guy has just, I think he, he, you know, you should feel comfortable in your home. Mm-hmm. And I think he felt most comfortable on his iPad playing games and he's, really comfortable generally with me. I was his safe person, but if dad was involved, he just felt like um, he was going to get corrected or judged. And, and my husband loves him greatly. That's not an issue, right? but he was having a lot of trouble relating to him Mm -hmm. and understanding the difference between the perspective of I'm your parent. So you're going to do this because I say so Mm -hmm. to a kid who's really a critical thinker and who needs preparation and understanding and just um, a a different approach. And so what, what, and this is a little side note. I think, you know, my daughter is flexible enough that she can take and handle a lot of approaches. Yeah. But she's benefited significantly from this approach too. I think it's, it works for everyone and it's, Mm -hmm. it's better and healthier actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But so um, to get back to like his uh, little man's growth would be talking about feelings and articulating what's going on and diffusing things before it gets to a meltdown and not getting to a meltdown because you're being heard and you're able to talk about things. And it's not that meltdowns don't ever happen, but it's getting fewer and far between and, He's got skills now. We He found fishing this summer, and so we have a pond near our house, like in a field adjacent to our house, that became his space to go outside and be free and, and putter around and be a kid, and he would get to go fish. Mm-hmm. And so when we went other places, you know, okay, fishing makes you feel like this. This is, you know, your freedom, and, and, and how do you feel about this? Okay, so how can you evoke that feeling of fishing here in this party? Well, on the 4th of July party, we had a plan for him to go to this other space and go fishing if he needed to. Or, you know, you can go to this space and get away. And that's not that every time you can run away from a situation, but how can you have that plan? But helping him see for himself what he might need, you know, giving him, helping him find escape or, or side notes where he's feeling it in himself so he knows to go versus mm-hmm. waiting until it's Tuesday and someone's telling him to leave. Absolutely. Which doesn't work. <laughs> no. <laughs> you need to go. No, I don't. What are you talking about? And then that just makes the meltdown worse. Right. Right. And half the time you're getting him out of the situation because you need them to change. Like if he's having a meltdown, something needs to change. But thing that really changed in terms of his self-esteem 
which I guess goes back to the parenting approach, but it's all connected would be, you know, the natural consequences. Working with you gave me the practice and the run-throughs and the tools and someone gets it. I'm not crazy. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, that makes a difference because you're not solo. And I know you've seen a, and worked with a lot of kids. The, in the same like, spot or worse with the school year. So yeah, yeah, probably worse. And so, you know, I don't want to think about that either. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where we're at. <laughs> right? Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in hearing more about how to eliminate the meltdown cycle, I invite you to check out our free masterclass where we cover the five steps our clients use to eliminate the daily meltdowns. You can register for the next training at meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. That's the number five, S-T-E-P-S meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. Have a great day.